1984, pastors Jean and Sue started Faith Christian Center in a hotel ballroom. But for the past 36 years, they have taught people how to practically apply the Bible to their everyday lives. Over the years, God has blessed us and the church has grown. Faith Christian Center is now located on a beautiful 73-acre campus in the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We believe the best is yet to come. Today's message will encourage you, inspire you, and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God, and it is the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I am the righteousness of God in Christ, and I'm where the Word says I am, seated right now in Christ Jesus in the heavenly realms, in the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have, and all the blessings of Abraham are mine. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive. So I'm taught the Word of God. My life is changed for the better. And I will never be the same again. Amen. Now I rehearse this. You may be seated. I rehearse this periodically. I've been, I spent the last 30 days and I've watched all of the Holy Week revival messages from 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021. And let me say, if you are interested in success and prosperity, uh, Thursday and Friday night of the 2021 Holy Week revival, oh my goodness. But in one of those that I've watched here recently, I rehearsed this story. The last Kenneth Hagin meeting that I went to was uh, in Denver at Wally and Marilyn Hickey's church. And I didn't want to go because a Hagin meeting was entirely dependent on who was there. And there, were, there was a cadre of people of like mind. And when they were in a meeting, they pulled the anointing out of him. And when they were not in a meeting, it just was not the same. Same man, same word. I learned a lesson there. Same man, same word, same Bible. But the audience has a lot to do with what happens. And uh, Sue said, well, you need to go and take Austin. He's never seen a church in a mall because the Hickeys had bought a mall and put a church in it. So we went. And so we go to dinner after the first night, and Austin said to me, he said, why do they treat you the way they do? The Hagans always treated me wonderfully, gave me great seats. But the pastors around me would hardly shake hands with me. And Austin said, he said, how did this message work so well for you? But uh, looking around the room, it doesn't look like it worked so well for other folks. And I think that was part of the reason the shunning thing, and then I never went to that particular Bible school. So it was kind of clickish. The Hagans weren't clickish. And we know the Hagans weren't clickish because Ken, Ken and Lynette are coming back this year, amen? amen? And they don't go anywhere two years in a row, but they're coming to Faith Christian Center two years in a row. And, um, but you know, the people around them were clickish. And Austin said, how did you make this message work for you so well? But a lot of people I see it didn't work that well for I think the, mess, the answer is in these messages. Crazy faith. 
And the answer was in the Power Lunch message yesterday. Because we are, we are the result of what we have chosen to listen to. You know, in the Old Testament, I'm off course already. In the Old Testament, there was a prohibition against mixing seed. And that's exactly what God's people do theologically. They take the word of faith message and they mix it with a little social justice and they mix it with a little this and they mix it with a little that and they take the power out of it. And we saw the last two years what happens when you, when you mix other stuff with freedom. What happens when you mix other stuff with freedom? You take the power out of freedom. And the same thing happens with faith. So crazy faith. And again, this is uh, my redo of Pastor Sue's message from March 22, 2009. It's on the app. And this is my part two of crazy faith. Praise God. Crazy faith. Quasi, man. Tell, tell your neighbor, Pastor's crazy. So we left off last time in point number one. Crazy faith is a proclaimed faith. Crazy faith is a proclaimed faith. And let us pick up in Romans chapter 10, verse 8. Romans chapter 10, verse 8. And I left off last Sunday saying, crazy faith is a proclaimed faith. And I left off saying, your prosperity and my prosperity is in our mouths. I said, your prosperity and my prosperity is in our mouths. Romans 10, 8, but what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart that is the word of faith we are proclaiming. That if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you are justified and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And as the scripture says, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. So the word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart, that is the word of faith we are proclaiming. And then Paul says, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Let's read on verses 12 and 13. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. In other words, anyone can make God's word work for them. Now, over the years, I've had people fuss with me about this. Well, you know, would God give us a Bible just so we could make it work for us? Well, for what other reason would he give it to us? All you have to do is hear it, believe it, confess it, and take action on it to make it yours. Whatever good thing you find in this book, Whatever promise you find in this good book, all you have to do is hear it and believe it and confess it and take action on it to make it yours. Prosperity is in your mouth, but also so is your very life. Say it out loud. My life is in my mouth. Again, my life is in my mouth. Again, my life is in my mouth. 
Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Romans 10, 13. Saved from what? Saved from hell. Saved from sickness. Saved from sin. Saved from poverty. Saved from an unproductive and an unfruitful life. I have spent 49 years trying to talk God's people into it. Here in Arlington, I have spent 38 years trying to talk God's people into it. But people say it's too hard to serve the Lord. And my answer is no, a thousand times no. I'll tell you what's too hard. Serving Satan is what is too hard. And serving Fauci is what is too hard. He says in Deuteronomy eleven twenty one that your days may be multiplied in the days of your children in the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers to give them as the days of heaven upon the earth. If we'll just do things God's way, we can live in days of heaven upon the earth. We can have days of heaven upon the earth if we'll just believe in our hearts and say with our mouths what God has said about our lives in the Word of God. Paul says the Word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the Word of faith we are proclaiming. So we have been given by God the right. We have been given by God the power to speak forth our own salvation. How? By believing with your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and by proclaiming with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. But if you and I won't listen to God, if you and I won't believe God, if you and I won't proclaim what God has said, if you and I won't take action on what God has said, what results are we going to get and whose results are we going to get? Now, salvation has got to be the greatest miracle. And so if you and I have the ability to save ourselves, listen carefully now, salvation has got to be the greatest miracle. So if you and I have been given the ability to save ourselves, yes, you heard that right, save ourselves by proclaiming what God's Word says about Jesus being raised from the dead and by proclaiming that Jesus Christ is Lord of all, my question is, what else can I do? What else can I achieve? What else can I receive from God by employing this exact same process of faith? If this process of faith can work to save your soul from hell, how much easier can this process work to bring you all the good things of life? How much easier can this process of faith also work for all these other things, all these lesser things, all these earthly things, all these natural things. How much easier ought it be to use this process of faith for all these lesser things? Because this process of faith, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, is how you got saved. But why is it God's people use the process of faith to get saved and then they stop. So your prosperity is in your mouth. Your very life is in your mouth. Say it out loud. My life is in my mouth. Say it again. My life is in my mouth. This process of faith is how we take hold of salvation. By believing in our hearts and by proclaiming, confessing with our mouths. 
Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. Now, I feel led by the Lord to stop here and pause here for just a second because there are people here this morning and you have gotten familiar with the Word of God. I said you have gotten familiar with the Word of God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And when you get familiar with a verse or a passage, when you read that verse or you hear that verse in a sermon, you set it aside because you're familiar with it. What does it mean to be familiar with something? Well, it's like looking at other women when you got a good-looking woman yourself. You're familiar with her, and you take her for granted, and your eyes go somewhere else. And people get familiar with the Word of God. Look at what it says while you listen to what it says, that if you confess with your mouth, if... If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart, and believe in your heart. So we have confession with the mouth, and we've got belief in the heart working in tandem to produce the greatest miracle there is. That if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now, who's doing all of this? Talk to me. Who's doing all of this? Who's doing all of this? We are. And God's not doing any of it because you say, oh, I thought he did the work. He did the work 2,000 years ago. So he ain't going to come down and do nothing to get you saved. And he ain't going to do nothing to come down and get you blessed. And he ain't going to come down and get, do anything to get you prospered. He's not even going to come down and do anything to get you healed. That's his work, and he did his work 2,000 years ago. Well, are you saying God won't heal me? No. I'm saying that he did his work, and crazy faith is when you wake up and you realize that you have a part to play, and when you do your part, you doing your part comes into agreement with what God has already done, and when you do your part and you come into agreement with the Word of God, the power of God is released in your life, and the power of sin is broken, and the power of wicked habits is broken, and the power of Satan is broken, and the power of sickness is broken, and the power of poverty is broken, and you come on up. I said, you come on up. That if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Tell your neighbor, this had the power to save you from hell. If it had the power to save me from hell, it ought to have the power to help me get a credit card paid off. If it had the power to save me from hell, it ought to have the power to help me get a car paid off. 
For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth. Now look at the word. While you hear it, don't be familiar with it. Look at it with a fresh pair of eyes. It is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. It is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. It is with your mouth that you confess and are healed. It is with your mouth that you confess and are prospered. It is with your mouth that you confess and are delivered. Well, pastor, that's crazy. It's crazy faith. So everything else for the Christian, for the believer, comes in exactly the same way. It is just that simple. Number two, you are the answer to your prayers. Number two, you are the answer to your prayers. Say it out loud. I am the answer to my prayers. Say it again. I am the answer to my prayers. No, it's not Trump. It is certainly not Fauci. And it is absolutely not Biden. You, and it ain't Bernie Sanders. You are the answer to your prayers. I said, you are the answer to your prayers. It's not an illusion or some dream or some fantasy. Your answer is in your mouth. There is literally a miracle in your mouth. You are the answer to your prayers, and that sounds crazy too. That's all right, though, because we're talking about crazy faith. It almost sounds irreligious. It almost sounds sacrilegious. You see, it would sound so much more spiritual, so much more religious if I said, Jesus is the answer to your prayers. Or if I said, the Holy Ghost is the answer to your prayers. Or if I said, January Daniel fast are the answer to your prayers. Or if I said, drinking a bucket of anointing oil is the answer to your prayers. Or how about this one? God. God is the answer to your prayers. Well, our wonderful, beautiful, gracious, Heavenly Father has given us this wondrous ability to believe in our hearts and to confess with our mouths and to see our dreams come to pass. But what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith we are proclaiming to those who understand this to those who have taken the time and trouble to get their recreated human spirit trained, there is a boldness to this process of faith. There is a boldness to this crazy faith that unsaved people don't understand and even most saved people don't understand. There is an in-your-face aggressiveness to crazy faith that simply does not care if everyone around them thinks they have lost their mind. Sue's family thought she had lost her mind when she went down to the Holy, Ro Holy Roller Church on a date with a boy from high school. 
She told them that she went to the altar and gave her heart to Jesus. Then later she told them that she had been baptized in the Holy Spirit and had spoken in other tongues. And they were afraid of her. They thought she had gotten into some crazy faith. And because the word of God was in Sue's heart, and because the word of God was in Sue's mouth, before long it jumped over to her brother. And then later it jumped over to her oldest aunt and uncle. And then it jumped over to her grandma and grandpa. And then it jumped over to her baby sister. Sue's dad told me once that it had infected the entire family. Crazy faith is infectious. And that's why the world is afraid of it. That's why the world wants you to shut up and sit down and not talk about Jesus and not let the Word of God come out of your mouth. They know where the power is, and the people of God don't even know where the power is. The power is the Word of God in your heart and the Word of God in your mouth and the name of Jesus coming up from out of the inner man and over your lips. Forget about COVID being infectious. Crazy faith is infectious. Crazy faith is a contagion going somewhere to happen. Before you know it, it has spread everywhere. Before you know it, the healing power of Jesus is everywhere. Before you know it, people are prospering everywhere. Before you know it, people are happy everywhere. Before you know it, it's days of heaven upon the earth everywhere. Crazy faith is communicable. And crazy faith is communicated by proclamation. And that's why the devil wants you to shut up about what you believe. You are the answer to your prayers. I said you are the answer to your prayers. Proverbs 12, 14. From the fruit of his lips a man is filled with good things as surely as the work of his hands rewards him. From the fruit of his lips, a man is filled with good things. So what fills your life with good things? What comes out of your mouth, the fruit of your lips, fills your life with good things? Say it out loud. What comes out of my mouth fills my life with good things. Again, what comes out of my life, what comes out of my mouth, fills my life with good things. From the fruit of his lips, a man is filled with good things as surely as the work of his hands reward him. So just like going to work and doing a great job and earning your salary as a reward for a job well done, what comes out of your mouth fills your life with good things. What you say with your mouth fills your life with good things. Again, I'm going to say it again. What comes out of your mouth fills your life with good things. You know, Sue and I have dramatically changed our circumstances, especially from 19, 1989 to the present, to fill your life with what's coming up out of your mouth. Man, you got to make up your mind that you are going to buckle in and you are just going to do this thing and not try it. 
In that time frame, 1988, 1989, we had our backs to the wall because we moved from the hotel to our first building up there at I-30 and Northfielder Road. And then we had the first Jimmy Swigert scandal. And then we had the Jimmy Baker scandal. And then we had the second Jimmy Swigert scandal. And it hit us. It took Oral Roberts out. But it hit us. And our backs were to the wall. So what was I going to do? What was I going to do? What was I going to do? And man, I'm telling you, when your back is to the wall, that's when the devil goes to singing in your ear. What are you going to do? What are you going to do now? What are you going to do now? What are you going to do now? Anybody ever been there but me? What are you going to do now? Well, I'll tell you exactly what I'm going to do, Mr. Devil. I'm going to get back into the Word of God. I'm going to meditate on the Word of God. I'm going to find scriptures that cover my case. I'm going to commit them to memory. Hallelujah. And every time I'm tempted to think about or worry about my situation, I'm going to let the Word of God come up out of my hidden man of the heart, and I'm going to speak the Word of God, and I'm going to live to see my victory. Can I get an amen? amen? Can I get a better amen? amen? Well, in those days, we were watching Fred Price every Friday night, and I ordered Fred Price's 55-part series, The Power of a Positive Confession. They, they won't sell it to you anymore. And I listened to all 55 parts over and over and over and over and over again until I got the word down into my spirit. And all four of us began to watch our words. And I'm here to tell you it didn't happen overnight, but gradually, over time, the ship began to turn. And we started coming up. And we've been coming up ever since. You are the answer to your prayers. I said you are the answer to your prayers. See, here, the average Christian spends their whole life, I wonder why God won't help me. I wonder why God won't do anything. I wonder why Jesus won't. See, you're making a confession. Well, you think you're praying, but actually you're making a confession. I don't know why the Lord doesn't hear me. And, and you know, the Lord says, well, we got to do what he says, so, you know, we won't hear him. Numbers 13, Numbers 14. He said to them, I will do to you the very things I heard you say. And what you say with your mouth fills your life with good things. I said, what you say with your mouth fills your life with good things. Brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ, I came down to this house on this spring Sunday morning to tell you that there is a miracle in your mouth. Hallelujah. Is anybody in this church listening to me this morning? I said, there's a miracle in your mouth. Hallelujah. Don't go looking for the power over there. Don't go looking for the power over there. God gave you the power, brother. God gave you the power, sister. There's a miracle in your mouth. So we began to say what we wanted, and we stopped talking about what we feared. Hear me now. We began to say what we wanted. We stopped talking about what we feared, and our experiences began to reflect what we were saying. See, when we were grumbling, and we were murmuring, and we were complaining, our experiences reflected what was in our mouth. You think you're grumbling and murmuring and complaining because of your experiences. No, you have the experiences you have 
because you are grumbling and murmuring and complaining. Turn that coin over. Turn that coin over. The confession of our mouth does not follow the experiences of our lives. The experiences of our lives follow the confession of our mouth. God said in the Living Bible in Isaiah 119, if you will only let me help you, I will make you rich. Hallelujah. God gave you the power. I said God gave you the power. I said God gave you the power. You are the prophet of your life. So we began to say, all of our needs are met. We began to say, the money's coming. We began to say, we're made rich in every way so we can be generous on every occasion. And the money came, and the money came, and the money came, and the money came, and the money came. Glory to God. Oh, you're just preaching prosperity. I'm 66 years old. I walk four miles a day, and I'm here to tell you, this old man stands here and dances while he preaches, and I have no pain in my body, and I don't take any pills. Hallelujah. And I've got all of my original parts. Hallelujah. Jesus said, the thief has come to steal and to kill and to destroy, but I have come that you might have life and that you might have life more abundantly. Glory, 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 glory. Well, he sounds like he's a little excited about it. Preaching crazy faith, baby. Can't preach crazy faith and be calm. We saw a dramatic change in our home, in our marriage, in our finances, and in the ministry. You see, crazy faith is a proclaimed faith, and this will work in every area of your life. How do you get from point A to point B? Do you just hope it happens? Do you just pray one time about maybe it happening? Do you just say it once? On a post-it note, when Sue did this message, March 22, 2009, I reprinted a post-it note from October 31, 2004. A post-it note that I had posted all over the house, my mirror, Sue's mirror, the refrigerator, Sue's closet door, my closet door, my office, Sue's office, literally everywhere. I mean, that's what these printers are for. Just print and print and print. And it listed these faith goals. We'll move into phase one at U.S. Highway 287 and Eden Road. We'll move into phase one, completely built, all phases built at once. We'll move into phase one with all new furniture. We'll move into phase one with $1.5 million raised from the congregation. We'll move into phase one with more cash than when we started, over a million dollars cash on hand. And we'll move into phase one with I-30, the facility up at I-30 sold, closed, funded, and gone. And it all came to pass. I said it all came to pass. We built all the phases at once, and we bought all brand new furniture. And we didn't just raise $1.5 million from the congregation during construction. We beat that faith goal and raised $1.54 million from the congregation during construction. 
And let me say a word I'm reminded by the Holy Spirit. Let me say a word about not complaining. Because when we started construction on this project, 2004, it rained and rained and rained and rained and rained and rained and rained. And I was grumbling and I was complaining about the weather, not about God. And a lady that works for me came and she said, Pastor, she said, you know, there's a bright side to this rain. And I said, what? She said, it's going to give us at least one more challenge offering or maybe two during construction. Ha, 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 ha. you know, the money wasn't coming in at the $1.5 million level. So the Lord said, that boy is saying that $1.5 million is coming in in the challenge offerings, so we got to open up the windows of heaven and let the rain come down and slow that thing down so he can have one, maybe two extra challenge offerings. Pastor, you don't believe that. I absolutely believe it. Hallelujah. You have underestimated your value to God. I said, you have underestimated your value to God. We didn't just raise $1.5 million from the congregation during construction. We beat that faith goal and raised $1.54 million from the congregation during construction. And we moved in with more cash than the day we started. When we moved into this building, we had $1.2 million cash on hand. Whereas when we started, we began with $1 million on hand. So we beat the cash goal. That's the God I serve. That's the God I'm preaching here at 287 on Eden Road. That's the God that I'm serving. That's the God that I love. That's the God that I know. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ephesians 3.20, now to him who is able. Shout it out loud five times. God is able. Shout out loud another five times, God is able. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is a work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus, throughout all generations forever and ever, amen. So people, they go look over there. They think it's, they got to go to another continent. They got to go to a seminar. They, no, 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 no. The miracle is in your mouth. The answer to your prayers is in your mouth. Now, to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power, that is at work within us. Say it out loud. The power of God is at work within me. But I got, it's a great gift. Say it, it's a great gift but I got to do something with it. And we had to do the exact same thing to make it through the meltdown. We had to exercise crazy faith by proclaiming what we believed. We had to exercise crazy faith by proclaiming what God said about our lives. And we had to do the exact same thing to make it through the COVID panic fear fest. We had to exercise crazy faith by proclaiming what we believed. We had to exercise crazy faith by proclaiming what God had said about our lives. And I want you to see it. I want you to see it. I want you to see why Sue called it a crazy faith. You know, it's like a horse that's got the blinders on. And we look down at what's in front of us. 
and we keep the Word of God like Moses taught us. We keep the Word of God on our hand. We keep the Word of God on our forehead, not literally, but spiritually. We got the Word of God on the doorpost. That's what the post-its are for. We got the Word of God on the mirror. We got the Word of God where we shave. We got the Word of God where we blow dry. We got the Word of God, whatever we're believing God for. Hallelujah. So we don't have Hollywood whores in front of us, and we don't have Fauci in front of us, and we don't have a politician in front of us. We keep the Word of God in front of us. Hallelujah. We're not walking by what the last president said. We're sure not walking by what this president said. Hallelujah. We didn't need any 15 days to uh, slow the curve. Hallelujah. Because we're walking with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Hallelujah. And His power is at work within us. Hallelujah. We got the Word of God down here on the inside. We got the Word of God coming up out of our mouth. Hallelujah. And we are the prophets of our own lives. We get what we say, not what someone else says. Can I get a shout of a victory? Can I get an amen? Can I get an amen? Can I get a better amen? Dad Egan used to say the good things of life aren't going to fall on us like ripe cherries falling off a tree. No, you're going to have to do something about what you say you believe. What time is it? This is how it works. I said this is how it works. I said this is how it works to do these great feats of faith. Hallelujah. To do these great feats of faith, it was intense. It was daily. And it was nonstop. We professed with our mouths what we believed would happen. I said we professed with our mouths what we believed would happen. While we were going through it, it was intense. It was daily. It was nonstop. It was posted notes. It was prayer. It was nonstop confessions. It was a relentless unwillingness to budge off our profession of faith. That's what, where do we get that? Book of Hebrews, the writings of Peter. Let us hold fast our profession of faith. Why does the Bible say hold fast the profession of faith? Well, because you got CNN, you got MSNBC, you got Russia, you got Ukraine, you got Burks, you got Fauci. They have gone crazy out there. So... This is what happens to crazy preachers. <laughs> they have gone crazy out there, so why should I feel bad if I'm a crazy Christian? Amen. And it's working, brother. Did I tell you it's working? Did I tell you it's working? Did I give God the credit, the glory, and the honor and say, God, God, God caused the words of my mouth to come to pass? Hallelujah. 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 It was a relentless unwillingness to budge from our profession of faith. We knew what we wanted, and we had studied the Word of God, and we knew what God's Word had to say about what we wanted. We were certain. We were certain 
our profession was coming to pass. 2 Timothy 1.12, I am not ashamed, for I know in whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. So we began to say, we began to say, we began to say, and you can do the same thing because God is no respecter of persons. You can begin to say what is your, what you desire to achieve. You can begin to say what you desire to receive and have in your life. Find two or three scriptures that cover your case. Memorize them and rehearse them to yourself and to the Lord. Psalm 37, 4, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Psalm 100, verse 4, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks unto him and praise his holy name. Psalm 34, 1, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Psalm 103, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name and forget not all his benefits. Hallelujah. Enter his gates with praise. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Psalm 45, 1. My heart is stirred by a noble theme as I recite my verses for the king. My tongue is the pen of a skillful or a ready writer. Someone might say, Pastor, are you sure that God wants to be reminded of his word nonstop like this? Isaiah 43, 26, put me in remembrance. Let us plead together. Declare thou that thou mayest be justified. Paul Yonggi Cho, the founder and pastor of the largest church in the world until he went to be with the Lord, said confession Confession was like a woman being pregnant. You believe, but until you get the manifestation, it requires patience and perseverance. The woman knows she's pregnant. The doctor says everything is fine. There's a heartbeat. But until that woman holds that baby in her arms, she wonders if it's ever going to come to pass. The baby just keeps growing and growing and growing. And as time passes, the woman is becoming more and more and more uncomfortable, and that's the way confession of the Word of God is. And it doesn't help that people around you think you're nuts. Well, you are nuts to the world because you got a case of crazy faith. You are nuts to Christians who have never bothered to train their recreated human spirit because you've got crazy faith. And then the day comes, and that woman is handed that beautiful bundle of joy, and she realizes it was all worthwhile. I said it was all worthwhile. She doesn't have to wonder anymore what's going on. She doesn't have to believe anymore. She doesn't have to confess anymore because now she's got her prize. And that's the way faith is. That's the way crazy faith is. Back in the day, people said we were nuts. Back in the day, people said I was nuts. But it's all standing here. Glory to God. It's all standing here. Glory to God. And not only is it all standing here, there's no dead on it. Glory, 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 glory. That's the God I serve. That's the one I'm talking about this morning. And on that posted note from October 31, 2004, it said, step out and step up 
and step over realization and manifestation in 2005 and days of heaven upon the earth in 2006. And it all came to pass. It all came to pass. It all came to pass. Glory, 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 glory to God. It all came to pass. When we moved in here from three and a quarter acres to 10,000 square feet, we were like them that dreamed. We said with King David, Psalm 126, when the Lord turned again, the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then said they among the heathen, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord hath done great things for us, whereof we are glad. And we said with King David in Psalm 118, 23, this is the Lord's doing and it is marvelous in our eyes. When I get in one of my cars, I say, this is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. When I drive onto this property, I say, this is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in my eyes. When I go home here in a little bit, I'll pull up to the gates, and I'll say, this is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. I want you to know that he is good. I want you to know that he loves you. I want you to know that he is for you. I want you to know that his power is at work within you. But in order to release the power of God that is within you, you got to get the grumble out of your mouth. You got to get the complaint out of your mouth. You got to get the murmuring out of your mouth. You got to get the word of God in your heart. You got to get the word of God coming up out of your mouth. And once you realize how it works, then you just keep working it and working it and working it and working it and working it. Glory to God. The day before I go and cross over or the day before the rapture, I'll be out praying. Hallelujah. And I'll be out believing God. Hallelujah. Pastor, aren't you blessed enough? No, I have yet to show the devil what I can believe in. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that, my friends, is exactly what God wants to do in your life. He wants you to walk into your home and for your mouth to drop open and for you to say to yourself, do I really live here? He wants you to be able to pull up to your home like Sue and I do sometimes. I say out loud, we pull up to the gates, and I say to Sue, man, I wonder who lives here. That's the God I serve. I said, that's the God I serve. I said, that's the God I serve. During the meltdown, one of our top guys who's since gone on to be with the Lord told me one day, he said, you know, he said, everybody's turning their lights off. He said, it's really disturbing. My wife goes to Kroger. My wife goes to Albertson's. She goes to, you know, get groceries and everybody's turning their lights off, trying to save money, trying to make it through these meltdown days. She said, he said, man, you drive past this place. He said, this sucker's lit up like Christmas. (laughs) Well, we learned the secret. I can have what I say. Now, I see skeptical people out here, but you know what? Doesn't make me a double damn worth of difference. And unlike yesterday, damn is a biblical word. 
Because I got it. Well, I don't believe that. Too late. I don't believe a preacher ought to have that. Too late. Let me wrap up with this. Why are the non-crazy pissed? And that's a biblical word. Why are the non-crazy pissed at the crazy? Let me wrap it up with this. This very technical theological concept. Why are the non-crazy pissed with the pissed? And if you understand what I'm about to say, you understand Bernie Sanders and all of it. Because they cannot bring themselves to believe that the answer was in their hands the whole time and they didn't do nothing. And they have nothing because they did nothing. It's got to be somebody else's fault. It's got to be the devil's fault. It's got to be the Republican's fault. It's got to be Trump's fault. It's got to be somebody's fault, but it cannot be their fault. And so you go to Thanksgiving, drive up in a brand new Mercedes, and you tell those good folks at Thanksgiving, I stole it. <laughs> Nobody will think a thing of it. You tell those folks at Thanksgiving, I scammed COVID money and I bought this car. Nobody will think, they'll think, well, I'm glad somebody got something out of it. <laughs> but you walk into Thanksgiving and you say, glory, 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 glory. I began, I got saved. Glory to God. I got filled with the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. I speak in other tongues. You want to hear? Glory to God. And I started tithing. Glory to God. God gave me a better job, and look what the Lord has done. Look, come on outside and look what the, and they're going to they're gonna be pissed. Because if they accept what you're saying, they have to admit that they could have what you have, but they, for whatever reason, chose not to. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I do a good job, sister. Let's bow our heads. I want to give an opportunity for people to make their commitments and decisions for the Lord. You might, you might be here this morning and think, man, I never heard anything like this. Well, see, this is the problem. Back when David Wilkerson was alive, he actually wrote a book about it, about how these churches were going to wreck themselves by becoming seeker-sensitive. And uh, what they did is they, they began to gear their church services for lost folk. And the idea, the thinking was, the theory was it would draw more people. But see, here's the problem. If you don't have the Word of God in your church, number one, how are people going to get saved? They, you might grow a church. You might have church membership. You might have church attendance. But it's basically going to be a bunch of goats. See, church, church is where people bring their Lost friends that are in trouble. They're in trouble. They're in trouble. Their marriage is in trouble. They're in trouble. And they bring their lost friends who are in trouble and they hear the word preached. So then faith cometh by hearing. 
So then faith cometh by hearing. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's when we hear the word of God that faith springs up in our heart. People get saved. See, it's only when people get saved that their lives are changed. And then as you heard this morning, we have to go beyond that. We just can't use this process of faith for one thing. We've got to use this exact same process of faith in every area of our life. But none of it will work for you. None of it will work for you. Not any of it. Unless you're born again. So I want to give an invitation for people who may be here this morning, but you're not saved, you're not born again. There's never been a time in your life when you've invited Jesus Christ to come into your heart to be the Lord and the Savior of your life. There's never been a time in your life where you made Jesus Christ the Lord and the Savior of your life, but you'd like to do so this morning. I'd like to pray with you. I'd like to pray with you. This is your beginning, the beginning of life. How many this morning, Jesus said, John 3, be, you, he said in John 3, you must be born again. He said in Revelation 3, you behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and fellowship with him and he with me. How many of you this morning would say, Pastor, I want to be saved. I want to be born again. Man, this sounds fantastic. And, uh, and I, need to be, I need to get saved. I need to exercise faith in this first area so I can begin to exercise faith in every area of my life. If that's you this morning, wherever you are, lift a hand up, lift it up high enough to where I can see it. We're going to pray. We're going to believe God. We're going to, we're going to do exactly what we read about in Romans 10. We're going to believe in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. We're going to confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord. And the Lord will answer you by making your spirit man recreated in Christ Jesus. There may be others here this morning and you're backslidden. You're not living for the Lord, for the Lord. You're not living for the Lord like you used to. And part of it, frankly, is if people aren't walking in faith they get discouraged they don't see answers to their prayers and the devil comes along and says what's the point what's the use and people backslide well this morning last Sunday morning you got your answer as to what you need to do but the first thing you need to do is recommit your life to the Lord first John 1 9 says if we confess our sins he is willing to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness how many this morning would say, Pastor, that's me. I'm backslidden. I'm not living for the Lord like I know I should. I'm not living for the Lord like I promised him I would, but I want to make it right. And here's the bottom line. You might say, Pastor, I'm tired of living a defeated life. I don't want to live a defeated life, not another day. And I think between last Sunday and, and this morning, I got my answer on how I can recommit my life to Christ and not live a defeated life. If that's you this morning, wherever you are, lift a hand up, lift it up high enough to where I can see it. Going to pray? Yes. How many others? Pastor, that's me. I'm, I want to recommit my life to God through the Lord Jesus Christ. I want, to, I want to live for him from this day to my last day. Everybody in the room, let's stand up. Everybody, everybody, let's stand up. And if you raised your hand for either invitation, I want you to take your Bible in hand, gentlemen. Ladies, I want you to take your purse in hand, gather your personal belongings, and I want you to join me here at the front. If you raised your hand for either invitation, step boldly into that aisle. Hallelujah. See, this is part of what we were preaching today, crazy faith. And you got to, if you can't let the good people of Faith Christian Center know that you're committing your life to Christ, if you can't let the good people of Faith Christian Center know that you're recommitting your life to Christ, well, what chance are you going to have out there among the world and as crazy it is as it is out there? Amen. Hallelujah. Now, let me say, 
See, people, people would judge me and judge what I do. But I know my business. I know how to win hearts. And people are tired of all the empty, frivolous, religious cliches. And they go out there to that world, and the world is hitting them over the head with this concept and beating them over the brow with that concept. And they walk into churches, and everybody's talking in platitudes and empty phrases, and nobody gets their attention. It's the method to my madness. I get their attention. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I want you to notice, Father God, I'm still, I'm still winning the lost, and I'm still healing the sick, and I'm still casting out devils. I don't know how many you have, but I'm one of them. Hallelujah. God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. Hallelujah. And everything I preached is for every one of us. He is no respecter of persons. I know it's hard to believe, but it's true. That's how much he loves you. Everybody in the room, let's bow our heads. Let's pray with these that have come forward. Father God, I come before you this day to give you my life. Time's gone by. I've gone my own way. I've done my own thing. And I have lived for self. But today, I'm following your word. I believe in my heart that you raised Jesus from the dead. And I confess with my mouth, Jesus is Lord. I thank you, Father God for forgiving me of my sins, making me new on the inside, and giving me eternal life. I thank you for it. In Jesus' holy name, amen. 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 God bless you. If you'd go with Mr. Jeff Hughes, we'll get you right back in the service. I want to give you a copy of my book, God's Very Own Child. Let's give God thanksgiving for them. Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817-561-3400 or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. Remember to put God first in every area of your life because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.